Vayakhel Rishon chapter 35 verse 1 Perik Lamed Hei Posek Aleph So Vayakhel Moshe as called Adas Bnei Yisrael Moshe gathered the entire community of the Bnei Yisrael the sons of Israel and he says to them these are the things the words which God has instructed to do that meaning that the following things that he's going to uh, tell them uh, these are the things that Hashem has told them to do we will see that immediately following these uh, this verse the Pasuk talks about keeping the Shabbos and then there is a Pasuk Dalet in which the Pasuk Moshe says uh, again that this is what Hashem commanded to say to you and he starts talking about the gifts and the contributions to the Mishkan and the uh, structure and how it was uh, done so in a uh, broader sense these are the things would include uh, all the following uh, and the Rebbe in the Sikha deals with it uh, in more uh, detail uh, but this is also an unusual uh, language of an opening uh, when Moshe Rabbeinu uh, usually uh, instructs the Bnei Yisrael, we find as uh, just mentioned that Moshe Rabbeinu speaks by Daber Moshe and by Yemer Moshe and without the Vayakhel Moshe, this is a gathering that Moshe gathered everybody this was some of some uh, very significant event, it was like a unique event this Vayakhel Moshe uh, Rashi translates that the Vayakil uh, Moshe when did this take place? when did Moshe gather this Adaz Bnei Yisrael uh, to tell them what Hashem has spoken so Rashi Vayakil Moshe that this was L'mocharas Yom HaKippurim that this was on the day that follows Yom Kippur one day after Yom Kippur Moshe gathered the people Moshe descended Moshe descended from the mountain Yom Kippur so the day after Yom Kippur the day after he descended uh, from the mountain so then Moshe Rabbeinu gathered the people together now that's a language that he made them get gathered together Moshe did not literally take them, pull them together, but he made them, he caused them to get together. So, it does not mean that he gathers people with his hands individually collecting the people. But rather, they are gathered by his instruction. So Moshe Rabbeinu instructed that they gather, and that means that Moshe gathered them in, he caused them to gather, not that he actually gathered them. The Targumoy, the Targum translates the Achnish and he gathered them. Now, following the uh, order, the way Rashi has interpreted in Pashas Kisisa, earlier in the last week's portion, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu initially went up onto the mountain after on Zion Sivan following the mountain Torah he was there for 40 days which ended on the 17th day of Tammuz according to the calculation of the Bnei Yisrael that the 40 days begin from the 7th then Moshe should have returned Moshe told him he will return after 40 days Moshe should have returned on the 16th day of Tammuz but when Moshe Rabbeinu said that I will return within the first 6 hours of the 40th day 
he was talking about 40 days that have a night that preceded them. That first day, that Zion Sivan, therefore is not considered as day number one, because that did not have the night with it. So it really all began from Ches Sivan, when we're supposed to start counting the 40 days. And therefore, they actually ended on the 17th day of Tammuz. And in the meantime, when Moshe Rabbeinu didn't come down on the 16th day of Tammuz, according to the calculation of the Bnei Yisrael, then the whole story happened with the Egel, that they constructed, the people constructed, together with Aaron, they made the Egel Hazov, so that when Moshe Rabbeinu descended on the 17th, then the following day, uh, they were already uh, worshipping and dancing around the Egel Hazov that they have created. And then Moshe Rabbeinu threw down the tablets by the foot of the mountain. Uh, following that, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Hashem for another 40 days to plead, went up to the mountain to plead with Hashem to forgive the Bnei Yisrael. And then Hashem eventually told him that that as we learned in Pashas Kisisa that he should go ahead and carve out uh, new tablets and God said that he will write on the tablets that that he has written on the first tablets and the first luchas and Moshe Rabbeinu told him to go up with him and Moshe Rabbeinu at that point uh stayed with Hashem for 40 days and 40 nights as the Pesach said in Kisiso uh, on Yom Kippur the Ebrister told him I've forgiven you and as Rashi also mentioned before on Yom Kippur Moshe Rabbeinu descended on that Yom Kippur now on that Yom Kippur that Moshe Rabbeinu descended um at that point, at that particular time, a lot of things took place because it seems in Rashi that that is the time before, that that is the time after Shalachtik and Varecha, before descending, is when Hashem uh, instructed him to build the Mishkan. So all the parshas of Truma and Tetzaveh, and uh, Kisisa, the parshas that up till the Cheta Egel took place after the Salach Tikit Varecha, or at least during the 40 days uh, that he was up there. And then, when he went down, we also have the story that is mentioned in Dvorim, not over here in Chumash. Ebesha told him to make an ark, and he, to put the luchas that he's going to come down with. That was a temporary ark until the a regular ark was constructed later on, which uh, we learned uh, before Hashem is saying to him that we're going to learn later on also, Hashem is telling him to put it into the ark. But that first day, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, that first day, meaning on Yom Kippur, when he descended, that's not when he gathered the Adas B'nai Yisrael. Rashi says that he did it uh, the Rebbe discusses this in the Sicha, in Chelik Vov, uh, Sicha Aleph. So the Rebbe discusses this, the Rashi with the Mefarshim. But the Rebbe says over there that the, uh, Moshe, the Rashi is trying to tell us over here that Moshe, notwithstanding the fact that he wanted to instruct the Jews and tell them about the construction of the Mishkan as early as possible, but yet he waited, uh, because during the first descent right on that Yom Kippur itself uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was busy with teaching not the applicable halacha of building the actual construction but Bechlal with the Torah that he heard from Hashem on that day it was only after that the next day that he can gather the people together and tell them about the construction of the Mishkan now a lot of other things took place on that day because whether we say that we learned before that Yisroi came uh, after Matan Torah or 
even if he came before Matan Torah, Rashi pointed out before that the whole Pasuk, the whole encounter that Yisrael was telling, that we learned before in the Chumash, that Yisrael advised Moshe Rabbeinu that that you will get exhausted and you can't do it by yourself and you must appoint the different levels of uh, judges and, uh, for the different various categories that took place, Rashi says, must be after the day of Yom Kippur also because when Moshe Rabbeinu says Vaidaitim, I was going to teach them the chukis over there when Yisrael asked them, why are you sitting all day by yourself and Moshe Rabbeinu says I'm teaching them the Torah that Hashem says prior to Matan Torah that wouldn't make sense for him to be teaching the mitzvah Hashem and therefore Rashi teaches over there that uh, all this took place on the day after Yom Kippur and the day before in the Pasuk it says that they brought an oiler and a shlomim and Moshe Rabbeinu served them actually old Moshe Rabbeinu went out to greet his father-in-law that's according to the Manda Omar that says that Yisri came after Matan Torah so he had to come uh, he had to come like an Yom Kippur because Moshe Rabbeinu uh, was on the mountain, and when the Pasik says, mimacharos, so Rashi teaches over there, Mimacharachim but it also uh, does not negate from the simple shot that it was Mimacharos from the day that they had the feast. Uh, the Rebbe also concludes from this that Yom Kippur did not really, the laws of Yom Kippur did not really apply. Um, that year, because they were eating and the oldie, and they made the oila and the zvachim, they did all the malachas. If Yom Kippur was there, they weren't allowed to do that. Although the eating itself could have been done at nighttime after Yom Kippur was over, but the whole preparation over there that it, the oila and the zvachim, that all took place in the daytime. And um, so, that all took place on this Maharaj Yom Kippurim. So, but in any event, over here with regards to the Pasik, Rashi says, so in any event, Rashi interprets that this gathering, that Moshe gathered the community of Bnei Yisrael, took place on the day after Yom Kippur, the day after he descended from the mountain. And what is the things that he's telling them, Pasik base? Sheishis Yomim Teose Melocha. Six days work shall be done. Now notice the language is not tasem melacha, do in an active, but melacha shall be done. And the Rebbe in Lakutisichas in Chelakalaf, I believe, makes a note of that, that generally melacha needs to be done in a way of teosa versus tase. So as if it is done. Memela uh, by itself, but six days work shall be done. Uvayoyim hashvi, and on the seventh day, yia lochem kodesh should be to you holy. Shabbos, Shabbosin laHashem. It should be a complete rest, a rest of rest, laHashem. Shabbos, Shabbosin is usually reserved for Shabbos, in which all types of work are prohibited not only uh, work which is not Eichel Nefesh but also for Eichel Nefesh so Yontif it's only a rest because it's a partial rest because Melechus Eichel Nefesh is permitted but this is Shabbos Shabbosin it's a total rest to Hashem same thing goes with Yom Kippur is also a Shabbos Shabbosin because then either it's not because there is no Eating on Yom Kippur, so it's also a Shabbos, Shabbos of Lashem. Kol ha'isa boi melacha yumos. Anyone who does work shall die. Now, the purpose of this whole gathering was for Moshe Rabbeinu to tell them about the uh, work necessary for the Mishkan and the gifts that they need to give. But he first tells them about the keeping of the Shabbos. Rashi, sheishis yomim, 
הקדים להם אזהרס שבס לציווי מלאכס המשכן. He told them first about the warning of Shabbos before he told them to do the work of the Mishkan. Loimar to say that it does not override the Shabbos. Because when you look actually in the previous Psukim, the way Hashem told it to him, the command for keeping Shabbos that Hashem tells Moshe came after. So in Perek Lamadalov, in the Parshas Kisisa, in the previous Parsha, uh, in Pasik, starting with Pasik Yud Beis, is Vayyemer Hashem al Moshe Leimer, and he tells him the Shemitah Shabbos. But that follows the Psukim in which previously Hashem tells him about the uh, the uh, how to make the Besamim and uh, how to light the Menorah, to kindle the Menorah, and then previously in Parshas Tetzaveh, how to do the Begodim, and then in Parshas Truma, how to do the uh, construction of the Mishkan and its Kalim. So the last thing, uh, the final after that comes the Shabbos. But over here, in the Pasuk, before he uh, starts to tell you about the Mishkan, he tells them first, Higdim Lohem, he makes first to them Azor Shabbos before them Tzilevul Nechsa Mishkan. And Loimar, that is to tell them, Sheyne Doichas Shabbos, that it does not put override the Shabbos. So apparently, in Hashem told them to structure in that way, for some reason, before the way it's written, it's written the other order, because that's the way the order should be. Moshe Rabbeinu changed around the order in his words, the way Hashem told it to him, because that was also the instruction of Hashem, that he should write this first, or he should tell them that first, so that they should know that uh, that he's that, in other words, that he's saying to them that the Shabbos comes first before the work of the Mishkan, so that they should not do the work of the Mishkan on Shabbos. Pasuk is as You shall not uh, make fire, kindle fire in all of your dwelling places on the day of Shabbos. So here, he singles out, and he talks specifically not to kindle fire on Shabbos, not to light any fire on Shabbos. He says there's a prohibition against lighting fire on Shabbos. Now we know that in general, there are 39 melochas, main categories of melochas, which one is prohibited to do on Shabbos, which we learn out from the melochas HaMishkan, and uh, actually, uh, the word uh, Eila is 36 uh, Aleph Lamed Hay together with the three uh, letters of Allah name equals 39. So Eila Hadvori Mashir Tziva Hashem is the Malachas HaMishkan. There's a hint to that also. But uh, why would the Torah mention like one? Prohibition, lighting a fire is one of the 39 melachas of Shabbos. But yet, the Torah takes one prohibition and says, don't do it on Shabbos. So, there are those of our teachers that they say that the reason why he mentions that this has gone out to tell us that there is only a prohibition. All the other work of the Malacha, we say anybody who does Malacha on Shabbos, it says, is is If one does be mazed intentionally, then there is a chiyuv misa for the Malacha. Here the Torah says, the Torah says a prohibition. When the Torah doesn't say a specific punishment of Misa, then it becomes a lav. For a lav, you get malchus for violating the lav. There's no misa for an ordinary lav, unless the Torah says a more severe punishment. So the, this Rabbi Seinu, these of our teachers say that the, in our case, the Lusavaru Eish, 
has come to teach us that for starting a fire on Shabbos, there was, it's only a lav, and therefore it's not included in which is the regular punishment of Misa, that would not apply to uh, for for kindling a fire, it's only Malchus, and not Misa. And that's why the Torah is singled it out separately. But the Yesh Emrim, there's those that say that the reason why the Torah counted is Lechalik Yosis is to separate and to tell us that the violations of Shabbos are not uh, one violation, violation, which means if a person should do 39 malachas, one could think that each job, so in its own distinctive job, whatever he does, the work that is done on Shabbos, is a violation of not resting on Shabbos. So one can think it doesn't really make a difference if one violated on Shabbos accidentally and he did uh, several different types of malachas, uh, maybe he should only be chayiv one chatas as if he would be doing the same violation, the exact act over and over again during a period that he forgot that this was uh, prohibited, so which he would be chayiv one chatas. Uh, if a person does repetitive the same act uh, while he has forgotten that that act is forbidden, then he would not be violating and not be liable for more than one chattas, even though he did ten times that same act. So one would uh, make a mistake and think that even though he's doing different types of activities, but the 39 are different activities, but there is still yet one violation of the Shabbos by desecrating the Shabbos, not resting on the Shabbos. So maybe there would be only one chatos one for all the work. So so there's those that say, the other teachers say that this is what the Pesach distinguishes, says no. If you should violate and put a kindle of fire, you are violating the Shabbos, and it's a standalone. And therefore, it's Lechalik Yotzes, it came out to tell us that we have to separate that each one of the Malachas, just like kindling is a Malachin in of itself, each Malacha is a Malachin in of itself, it's an act by itself, it's an individual violation of Shabbos, and if you should violate the Shabbos by doing several acts, you would have to bring uh, a Korban, Chatos for the Shegi, for each act, for each type of violation that you did of the 39 Violations of Shabbos. Posik Dalit. And then by Yemer Moshe, then Moshe continues and speaks of Koladas B'nei Yisrael. I mean, it seems Bepashtus that this is all in that Vayakil Moshe, because in Rashi also we see Higdim Lehem Azorah Shabbos, so it's not like it was a separate gathering. He's just telling them first, but first. Uh, he tells them about the introduction. This is sort of the introduction. Then by Yomer Moshe Al-Qadas B'nai Yisrael, Moshe says to the entire community of Israel, Lamer saying, Zeh ha-dovor asher Hashem Lamer. This is what Hashem has instructed me to tell to you. As Rashi says, Zeh ha-dovor asher Hashem Lamer to say, so he says, Hashem said to say, not just to say to you, me, to say, Li, Lamer, Lachem. He's saying, this is what Hashem tells me to tell you. What is the meaning in the word Lamer in the beginning of the Pasuk? Moshe says to the Adas B'nai Yisrael, Lamer, to say. That means in this case that the B'nai Yisrael, Lachem, should say it to the next generations or to their children or how are they going to interpret that? Rashi is a comment over here. But we have to say also, but Israel Lamer to say, Zahadovar, this is the item I should see Hashem Lamer that Hashem is instructed to say. Maybe Rashi is uh, 
bothered a little bit by the Lush. I think the Rebbe says the Sikh of the Rebbe on this Rashi too. But why doesn't it say Zadovar Asher Tzivani Hashem Lamer? So one can conclude that since he doesn't say Asher Tzivani, it's as if he's talking in a third party. This is what Hashem has commanded to say. And I'm the one that's telling you now that Hashem said to say. Because otherwise it would say Asher Tzivani. And Rashi sort of fills in the blanks and says, Hashem Li, even though it doesn't say the word Tzivani, but in Hashem said Li, Lemer to say to you. So it's actually me uh, to say to you. Pasuk Ches. Also, Moshe uh, Rabbeinu is not just giving them a law, but he is asking from them something. He's asking them to give a gift. Maybe it makes sense that before he's asking to give money, he wants to make sure, but listen, this is not me. You know, maybe, you know, I would give him my own or whatever, but this is what Hashem told me to say. So I'm saying this, uh, I'm just thinking that maybe this is like an introduction before he's trying to collect from them something. So instead of not meeting, meeting resistance and then maybe not wanting to give, he tells them this is what Hashem said. So what did Hashem say? He said in Pazigate, he says, that I shall take from uh, you, in other words, not I, you take of yourselves, you take of yourselves a separation, something of yours separated for Hashem. Now, Rashi in Pasha's Truma has already said that La Hashem it has to be the Truma, meaning it has to be Lishmi for the Shem Hashem, so that the Truma, the separation, should be to separate from your uh, belongings those things that are needed as Lachatchila Lishem, Lishmi, Lishem Hashem. And it says, Koil Nediv Liba Yiviyahu, all those who have benevolence of the heart should bring it, should bring it, it meaning the Truma, as Truma Hashem, the Truma of Hashem, Zov Chesav and Nechishos, gold, silver and copper. Nediv Liboy, what does it mean, benevolence of heart? Zakrashi, Al Shem Shaliboy, Nodvoy, since on the name, because of it's his heart that has uh, been benevolent, uh, that's why he's called him Divlei. And Rashi says, I have already explained the work of the Mishkon and their instructions. Uh, the, the, the gifts and how it was constructed in the place that they were commanded. Basically, Rashi is saying that he's not going to go through and explain it all over here. He's relying on what we learned over there, as he explained it over there. Now, in Rashi, and Perichovches Posigimul, Rashi explained that the Zov and the Nechoshes had really no limit at all. People just brought it, as the Posig states here, uh, as much as their heart was benevolent, whatever whatever they wanted. Unlike the Kesef, which had a an amount which everybody had to give. The extra that they gave, Rashi says, they made the Kleshotish from them. They made serving vessels from them. So that was the extra Kesef. That was Nidivlev. But Kesef was different than the Zovid and Nechayshis because they were, everybody was obligated to give a machzis shekel from the machzis shekel they made basically the adonim for the mishkan, which was made out of kesef. And the pasuk says what they did with the exact cheshbon, but the pasuk does not give the cheshbon of what took place with the other kesef because they can give gifts just like they gave zov and cheshes. They can give the kesef also a gift, but that what they use that for is for kleshores. That's not part of the cheshbon in elip kudei that accounts over there. So Rashi explains before pasuk zayin. That is blue wool, the argomon, 
that is um, crimson or purple wool, the Selah's Shoni. I mean, because our government is purple wool, Selah's Shoni is a reddish crimson kind of wool. Vishesh and linen, Vizim and goat. Rashi said that was the Noitzas Izim before Rashi explained. That is goats here, but not goats themselves. Uh, he says the Targumunculus Taichu Umme Izai from the goats, but not the goats themselves. Posig Zayin, Vaoiris Elim Odomim, and skins of rams that were painted uh, red, uh, dyed red, Vaoiris Tchoshim, and Tchoshim's skin, Vaatsi Shitim, and Acacia wood. Rashi explained over there that the Tchoshim is a kind of a animal that was only temporarily with a very colorful kind of a skin, that's why it's called Tchoshim, that it praises itself with its colors. Uh, and Rashi also explained over there where did they get the uh, acacia wood in the desert, and he says that um, Yaakov saw with uh, Ruach HaKodesh that they're going to built a Mishkan, so he bought cedar to Egypt, and he planted in there, and then he instructed his sons to take him with them when they left Mitzrayim. Posiches, v'shemen lamoir, the oil for the moir, for the light, uh, and we learned already about that oil, uh, that it was shemen zayis zoch, also a question with all these requirements, uh, how would they have uh, that particular oil. Uh, we learned in the Parshish Tetzave after that also, they were supposed to bring it to, um, to Moshe Rabbeinu for Moshe Rabbeinu's inspection that it has to be Shemen Zayis Zoch. It's not brought down in Rashi, but some fortune bring down like that, that it was brought to Moshe for that reason. But um, this Shemen Lamoir had to be special from the first drop, as Rashi says. And also, Vesomim uh, Shemen Hasamim. They need the special uh, spices and incense that they used for the anointing oil. You know, there was anointing oil to anoint the Mizbeach and the Kalim, all the vessels and the Kohanim. They anointed them with a like a Kiyivonis, as Rashi says, they all use that, so they use the Shemana Mishcha, and they also use it, uh, oil, uh, they also use Besomim, uh, for the Ketoides Hasamim, for the uh, incense uh, that went up in smoke that they would have to bring on the Mizbeach HaKetoides, uh, uh, twice a portion in the morning and a portion in the evening, when he fixed the candles, as we learned earlier in the parshas of Kisisa. Posik tes ve'avne shoyham, ve'avne miluhim, and the shoyham stones, and the uh, filling stones for the ephod, ve'lachoshen and for the choshen. As Rashi already explained there in parshas Truma, that and we learned it in the uh, order when the uh, construction that the Avni Shoyam they needed two for the uh, apron as we learned in the parish of Ata Tetzave that the apron we call it the apron that had uh, two on the shoulder straps and on the shoulders where these two Avni Shoyam were and there was also the uh, Avni Miluim, the filling stones, because they fill those holes, uh, that was uh, for the Choshen. Um, and the Choshen had the uh, 12 stones, as we learned, for the uh, four rows of three uh, stones, um, in which the names of the tribes were engraved, as we learned already earlier in the Psokim. And all wise of heart amongst you, Yavoy Yasu shall come and do as Kol Hashem, all that Hashem has commanded. Um, now, although this is a general statement 
for Cholchachem Leibachem. Later on, the Pasik, as we learned already, um, before he specifically named Ru Kirosi B'Shem, B'Tal Benurim Benchurim Ati Yehuda, etc. Nachisomach, Aholiyov Benachisomach, Lematidon. But this was a general statement for all Chacham Leibachem to come and make construct the Mishkan to help out. Now, what does the construction Mishkan include? Pasikidalaf, Esham Mishkan, the Mishkan itself. What is the Mishkan itself? As Rashi is going to say, that's the lower curtains. As Aloi, that is the cover for the Mishkan. And then Ves Michseu, that's the cover for the cover. Then we're talking about Es Kirosov. Now the crossovers, those were the claps that were used to put together the panels, the the panels of the covers, which were you were large. So when you had two chayveres and you had two groups, you used to use the crossim and echad. So the crossim serve as part of the cover of the mishkan to uh, connect the two parts of the covering to make them into one cover. Uh, then we go down after we finish about the cover. We talk about this kroshov. We talk about the beams, uh, the acacia wood beams that were standing up uh, for the mishkan. Then you have a zbrichov. Those are the bars that went within the holes to hold the mishkan to make it one. And we had the uh, five. Uh, uh, two in the top, two in the bottom, and a middle one that went through the middle inside of the beams, as we learned before. Ves amudov, ves adonov. Amudov, those are the pillars. The amudim stood in between the kodesh and kodesh hakadoshim to hold the parichas on it, as well as amudim were in front of the mishkan to hold the pesach hamishkan, the curtain that was in the mishkan. Those were the amudim. Ves uh, Adonov, and their uh, sockets. Now the sockets seems to go. There were sockets for the Kroshim and there were sockets for the Amudim. Now Rashi here teaches the Asamishkon is Yerias Hatachtoines. Those are the bottom curtains. Uh, those who are made Meisachoshev, they were made from Zov. They were aniris besoichoi. They were visible with inside. When you're in the mishkan, you saw the the cover. That's the mishkan. Kruyin mishkan. They're called the mishkan. As all that's why yiris izim hasilagag. That is the uh, made out of uh, panels of goat uh, uh, here. Uh, that is made as a roof to cover up for that. Uh, and then we ask Mikseyu, and then when it says it's covered, that's Mikseyu Oiris Eilim Vat Choshim, the cover of the, yet on top of the Izim, there was a skin of the rams and the Choshim, either Rashi brought down before, either two separate Eilim and Choshim, or they were combined one, there were four layers, three and four, or there was one, a combination of Eilim and Choshim. Actually, the Mishkan, as the Pasuk said before, I said the Zov, it wasn't actually Zov. It was made of Sheish, Moshzor, Tcheles, Vargomon, and Tula Shonim, and Kruvim, Asichoshes, as the Pasuk says in Perik Chubah, Pasuk Aleph. No gold over there. But the the uh, the thing is, Rashi over there um, explained uh, what the Mishkan is, and uh, Rashi says that the Mishkan was also um, uh, covered by the Oihel because the Torah teaches you uh, that you have to be protective of uh, the more expensive stuff, so to cover up the bottom area with the uh, cover with the Izim. Um, and Rashi already made clear the differences. The question is, Rashi doesn't repeat everything. How come Rashi repeats these points over here again and doesn't rely on what he already said there? 
Pasikyut Beis Esharin Vezbadov The Ark, the Poles Esakapoides The Cover for the Arin Veis Paroiches Hamosach And the Cover uh, the curtain that is uh, covers uh, that divides between that was the curtain that divides between the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKadoshim Rashi teaches that Paroiches HaMochsoch Rashi Paroiches HaMechitza so Paroiches is the curtain HaMosach means that is divides the hamichitza. That is the machitza. So it's a curtain. It's parochas hamichitza. It's a parochas that divides. Koldavor hamegin any item which uh, protects bein milmailo, whether from above, it's like a cover bein mikinegdo, whether against it korui mosoch is called a mosoch, like here, like a. Uh, Dividing a mechitza uschach and a cover v'chein and likewise in iyev ala pasuk yud sakoisa baadoi. So the lotion of mosoch is sakoisa baadoi. You're protected for him or in hisheya beis pasuches hinini soch as darkecha. Now the pasuk over here. Counts the uh, orin and the kapoidus that was inside, and then also the badim. Uh, he mentions over here the badim before uh, even the kapoidus. Actually, in Parshish Truma, actually, first it talks about the orin, and then it talks about, like here, about the badim, and only afterwards it talks about the kapoidus. But it's also interesting that over here he ignores the um, the kruvim. I mean, they were on the kapoidus, so it's understood uh, that it comes together with the kapoidus. Uh, but over there, it's vasishe shnayim kruvim from the kapoidus. That was the construction. But over here, it's included in the kapoidus. Now, the fact that the um, Order in the Vayakel is first talks about Shabbos. Rashi already mentioned that, why that comes first. And then he talks about the actual structure, the Mishkan, and then the Kalim, uh, like we started learning now, the Posecute Bays, and in the Tzivu Hashem to Moshe, we start with Parshas Truma, which is the Tzivu and the Kalim, and then we go over to uh, after in Parshas Truma itself, talking about the structure, so first Kalim and then structure, and then uh, we talk about Shabbos and the Parshas Kisisa. The Altareb explains this al pipnimis inyonim in the Torah in Parshas Vayakil, in the first Bible. Pasukim Gimul Esashulchan, the table ves Badov, and the poles ves Kol Kalov. And all of the vessels that come along with the shulchan, as enumerated before, the eis lechem haponim, and also the uh, the showbread, or the lechem that has a uh, face. Just to mention that Rashi before on pasuk lamed aleph in perik chavav, when the pasuk says there paroiches, Rashi says that paroiches. Loshin mechitzahu. Paroiches itself is a language of a partition. Ubelshen chachomim. Rashi says the pargi dover hamavdul bein hamelech ubein haom. So I guess over here the paroiches. Uh, Rashi says paroiches hamechitza. So paroiches of the mechitza. Over there the paroiches is mechitza. Loshin mechitzahu. That is a partition. But here it's a partition of the mechitza, and the Rashi says Dover hamegin. So it's a paroiches, a partition that is a mosach. But I'm just wondering what Losh Rashi is paroiches hamechitza. It's almost seems like it should be mechitza hamosoch. Like uh, paroiches is mechitza, is a partition. Hamosoch is that is megin.
Ben Milo Ben. So why does Rashi say Paroiches Hamichitza? It looks like that the Rashi is trying to tie Paroiches Hamos of the Paroiches of the Mechitza. Just gotta look in this a little further. Anyways, now we're learning Lechem Aponim. Rashi says Kvar Pirashti in Shmei Shchovei Posik Chovches that why is it called Lechem Haponim? It had a face on both sides. Face meaning because it uh, went up on both sides of the bread. Uh, that means a face because it would look into uh, both sides inside of the heichal uh, when it was placed on the shulchan. Uh, it had two, the two sides went up and that's why it's called upon him. It was made like a box that is... Uh, uh, open, broken through, which means in the two sides it was open, and in 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 the in two sides it went up, and in the middle there was like a, bro- a broken like through and through. Uh, that's why uh, it's called lechem haponim. Here too we need to understand why Rashi says kvar pidashti, and then he says again what he was mefarish. This is actually the order, also the way Hashem told to Moshe: first the uh, first the Arin, then comes the Shulchan, and then following by the Bnei Samoir. The only thing is, the Parichas Hamosoch is mentioned uh, later on, but because when it tra- talks about the structure of the Mishkan itself, here uh, he talks about uh, first the uh, the Mishkan, the the the, the, the coverings, uh, and you know the beams. And then he goes over to the order, and then he talks about the parochis. Um So the Shulchan Batukol kills Lechem Aponim. Poskiu Dalet ves Menoiras Hamoir and the Menoira for lighting. Ves Kileho and its vessels that were used as the Poskiu enumerated the Parshas Truma. Ves Neiroiseho and its lamps. Ves Shemen Hamoir. And the oil for the lighting. Then the pasuk goes on and it talks by the menorah vest. Says separately, is kileho ves neiriseho. As opposed to the shulchan, over there it just says ves called kelov. Here it says ves kileho, and neiriseho is separate than kileho. Uh, and then ves shemen hamoir. Now. Uh, it seems maybe that's why Veskilah Rashi translates that the Kilah means Malkochayim Umachtois. Uh, we had before the Pasik says Umalkocheo in in in, in Truma and Pasik Lamatches in the beginning of the parsha is Umalkocheo Machtisah Zov Tohir. And Malkocheo, uh, those are Rashi touched over there. Uh, those are the ones that you would take uh, the. Uh, with the pliers, the tzvasim, that you would take the 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 the, the wicks. And machtasah was like bezichim, was like little diggers that you would dig the ashes to clean it out from the um, from the afer uh, that was left over in in the morning. But it seems the fact that the posik divides it over here, maybe that's why Rashi needs to touch it and says veskileho. Uh, why vaiter vesneiri saho? The pasuk says separately. So Rashi says kilo is melkachaim machtois. That's called the kalim of the menorah. Neiri saho cannot be called uh, uh, the the kilo. That's menorahs uh, bezichim. Uh, menorahs those are lamps or bezichim that hold Hashem of Absilus Nusunibahem. Those that are the holders. In which the uh, oil and the wicks are are placed in them. Rashi in Truma over there, Pesach Lamedzayin, Taichet Neidusah, Kimin Bazichim, Shenoisim Betoich Nashem Vavsilus, and looks like. Again, maybe this has to do with the fact that the Torah says it separately. Why does Rashi explain it over here again? But then it says that the the. Um, Every nidiv li li kol nidiv liba yiviyeho, and it says v'chol chacham leiv b'chem yivoy v'yasu. So we're talking about what the chacham leiv need to do. 
But what is the shaykhist to the shemen hamoir? Uh, oil is not done. Oil is brought. Uh, what does it mean uh, that it's yavoy v'yasu? Zakrashi avshemen hamoir ravu tzori chachmelev. That also needs wise of the heart. Because that's different than all the other oils. Commission Furish, the Menachis, like the it says in the Masechta Menachis, that Pevav Aleph, Megargirei Beresh Hazayis. There is, you know, the first Zayis, and you know, you you pick it. Vukosis Vezoch. It's a whole big uh, to do. So, but again, from the pasuk over here and from this Rashi, uh, we see. That the people the didn't bring shemen zayis because that needed the chachmelev. They can only bring lechayre the olives or even the olives. I mean, where do they have olives that they brought it from? Some fortune say they brought it from from Mitzrayim. Uh, so this particular aspect of megalgin the zayis, there was no tree, no zayis tree. There was no olive tree in the desert lechayre, and it didn't need megalgin. What is Rashi saying? to to do this. Uh, maybe Rashi means just a reference, just like in the regular times with Magargi Bresha Zayis, and which requires a very special. Uh, and Rashi says who costs v'zoch, meaning it's both it's crushed but it's also pure. Um, I mean, it's not clear. It's not clear exactly. Uh, the Pasik says they brought Shemen Amor. The Pasik doesn't say they brought Zaysim. Even when it says Izim, we say Me'izayo, that it means the here. But here, it doesn't say Zaysim and it means the oil of the Zaysim, it means the Shemen Amor. But the Pasik says Beferish that this was Chachacham Leibachem Yevoy Viyasu, and Rashi Taichus with Shemen Amor, that Avutzari Chachmeleiv. So, why does the Pasik say they brought the Shemen? Unless. In this case, the Chachmelev were also the ones that contributed. They knew how to do it. And again, what is the Magag Rishazayis? How exactly is it? We've got to look into the Mephoshim with this. Posik Tazayim, this Mizbach HaKetoidus, and also the Mizbeach for the incense. Now, the Mizbeach HaKetoidus, the Menorah and the Shulchan are mentioned in the uh, Parshas of Truma. The Mizbech HaKetoidus is already in Parshas Tetzave. But here it's counted with all the Kalim together. Mizbech HaKetoidus is Badov. And it's Paul's. Base Shemen Hamishcha. That needed the anointment oil. That needed uh, also a crafts. Is, um, uh, before we learned um, with regards to the Shemen Hamishcha. Uh, the two opinions, whether they cooked the in the uh, oil or they just smeared it, or first they cooked it in water and then they smeared it on top. Rashi brought down the two opinions. That took, that's obvious, that took great skill. Rashi doesn't explain it over here, but that took pretty uh, a skill over there uh, to create that Shemana uh, Mishcha. And also, also the... Uh, the uh, the ketores the um, that was made out of the different incense, uh, and also now the cover for the pesach for the door for the emphasis of the mishkan because first we talked about the kodesh kadoshim then the vessels and the things that were in the heichal and now we're going to the door uh, because of the curtain that separated and then we went to the heichal and now we're going to the door outside. Now pasuk the zayin is mizbach ha'oila the oila mizbeach that was in the chotzer as mirbar anachoshes asher loy and the copper grating that was to him as we learned earlier that was like in the middle over there and veskol kelov and all the different vessels of the mizbeach that was needed as the pasuk enumerated. As a kir now here we also bring down the kir they were standing in the chotzer too, as we learned in Pashas Kisisa, about the kir. Pasuk Yitzayin, Eskale HaChotzer, the curtains of the courtyard, Esamudov, those are the pillars on which they hung the kloim, as we learned in the end of Pashas Truma, Vesadoneho, and its sockets of those pillars of the chotzer, Vesmosuk Shara Chotzer, and then the curtains for the gate of the chotzer. 
as a mudov ves adoneho, so a mudov, his is a zochor, adoneho, hers, and the keva, had a chotzer kori kan, we refer to the kori, the chotzer loshen, zochor loshen keva, in a masculine and a feminine. Likewise, we find many items. Ves mosach shara chotzer, there was a curtain that was spread out towards the east side of the Mishkan, Esrim Amo, 20 Amo, and Tsoiyos Shalreicha Vachotzer. That was the middle spot of the width of the Chotzer. Shahoyo Chamishim Rochov. The whole width was 50. Usitumim and Ulitzad Zofin, and there was closed on the north Chomish Esrei Amo, 15 Amo, Vachain Ledorim, also to the south, 15 and 15, that was 30. Shenema Shmeis Chovov Yitzayim Chamish Esrei Amo, Kloim Lakosov. There was 15 Amo of the curtains, that was the shoulders, that was the two sides. And the 20 uh, that was left in the middle, that was a separate curtain over there. I don't understand um, why Rashi has to make such a big deal with the Mosach Shara Chotzer over here and figuring out uh, how long the Mosach Shara Chotzer, that it was Esrim Amem Shalreichav, and he says there was Chomesh Asre Amel Kloim Makotev. But that, that was part of the Psukim over there, the Posikim Posik Yud. Tezayin says Ulshara Chotzer Mosach Esrim Amot Chelez Vargomet Lashon Vishesh Mosher Maseroikim. So it says that the Shara Chotzer was Mosach Esrim, and the Chamish Esrim Amot Kloim Makotev and Makotev Ashenis. And Rashi in Posik Yud Gimel, Rashi is Meirich and gives the same. Uh, Rashi says over there that um, uh, that there was left a hall of 20 amo this is Losha Rashi over there. And so why is Rashi over here uh, making um, such a big cheshman over here for the Mosach Shara Chotzer that villain Porush Sadamizach Esmam Chotzer? And also, I think we, we skipped the Rashi in the Mosach Pesach, Mosach Pesach, Lefesach Mishkon. Rashi said over there in Pesach Tzvav, Rashi's Viloin Shalifnei Hamizrach. That was the Viloin. Uh, that was the curtain that was in the front of the Mizrach of the entrance to the Mishkon. Shelohoyusham loy Kroshim veloyiris. There were no Kroshim there and no Yiris. Now. Um, crushing the warrant over there, but this is a little bit different. By the Parochas Hamosoch, there also uh, was no crushing over there. Uh, and, I mean, it goes without Yiriyos. Uh, Rashi saying to you, in other words, it was just there was no covering over there. Even though Rashi did bring down that there was a fold from the Pasik actually, so that the um, the second cover of the uh, Izim actually went uh, two Amas, the uh, Rebbe in the Sichel, depending on the opinion, and Chelek Vov says that it might be there's only one Amas, the Vuchafalto in the front, one Amas covered the extra Amudim uh, that were in the front. Uh, so there was no Kroshim over there, but uh, there were Amudim over there. But uh, Rashi is trying to say, Mosach HaPesach, just to tell you, no Kroshim and no Uriah, so no full Uriah that would cover it sort of down, because on the other sides the Uriah went all the way down, and that would uh, serve as a cover, but here, there was just the open Mosach HaPesach, but the Pasuk discussed this earlier in, 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 in Pasha's Truma, about the Amudim that were standing over there, in which the Mosach uh, HaPesach was hanging on. In Pasuk Yudches, 
The Pesach says, As Yizdois HaMishkon, Ves Yizdois HaChotzer, Ves Mesreyem. These are the pegs of the Mishkon, and the pegs of the Chotzer, and their ropes. Uh, Rashi, before already, has said um, that he wasn't sure whether these pegs in the beginning in Pasukutes in uh, in the end of uh, Truma that he wasn't sure if it was uh, stuck in the ground or it was the weight that hanged them down to hold it down. That's what Rashi said over there. But here Rashi says, you say this was Litkoya. Uh, Litkoya means to uh, push in. So to stick in the Likshir Bahem and then to tie to the Yisaydis Soifei HaYiriyas the edges, the ends of the Yiriyas to tie by them the edges of the Yiriyas Shelo Yenua Beruach they shouldn't move in the in the wind so it looks like Rashi over here uh, goes as Rashi over there says uh, that the name proves that they were actually in the ground so uh, here Lashi looks like he goes that takes it for granted as he said over there that they were stuck there were pegs that were in the ground and then they had they had those ropes to tie the um, the edges of the Yiris, uh to them and that was both for the uh, Chotzer uh, for the curtains of the Chotzer uh, and there was also for the uh, Yiris of the uh, Mishkan. Um, the Yiris of the Mishkan were very lengthy and heavy material. Uh, the um, the wool and the woven wool and together, and they were very large. I guess they don't think that they easily would think they didn't easily move. Um, um, what kind of wind was there in the desert anyways um, especially when they were protected by the Anani HaKovid um, um, which protected them from all different things so um, how would there be a wind over there but uh, in any event the, it seems more that the the height of the Kloim that were in the Chotzer, as the Pasik says in Pasik Yudches in Perich of Zayin, was Koimer Chomesh Amis. And Rashi earlier said that that was the height of the entire Kloim. Um, uh, so it was taka very long, it was 100 Amis long by 5 Amis uh, high, uh, that was the width. So, I think it's more liable for that to move. But when we take in consideration that the covers, uh, they didn't just hang on one side. They were draped over on both sides uh, and on three sides of the Mishkan. And um, and here we're talking about 28 Amas, uh uh, for the width, and then 30, and uh, and then later on it was 30 amas, so we're talking about much, much larger curtains. Um, uh, when you connected them with the crossim in the middle, then you had either, you know, uh, 40 amas, or uh, when that was when five, uh, each one was uh, four uh five times four Amis, so uh, you had 40 together, but then when you added an additional one, uh, you had 44, so this was huge, and when they were connected together it was huge uh, curtains they didn't move as easily I would assume, as the um, as the uh, ones in the Chatzar, but nevertheless the Pasuk says that they both had these, uh, these you say this by the way, the Yisaitis for the Mishkan are not mentioned in 
when the construction of the Mishkan with the, uh, by the Urias, but that's a whole Pasek in the end of Parshas Truma, the Pasek says duplicate, it says the Klam Mishkan B'chol and then it says V'chol Yisidosov then it says V'chol Yisidosov so the first Yisidosov Rashi Taiches over there, that refers to the Yisidosov oil and Yisidosov, that's the second one as the Pasek Taiches over there these are still all the items that the Chachmei Leiv had to construct. Posikutes as big day hasrod l'shoris bakoidish. What is this big day hasrod? Uh, we will learn later on. Those are uh, meshwork garments. Uh, they serve the holy, meaning that they serve as covers. As the uh, we learn later on in the Chumash, the whole, as when they would travel, they would cover them up with the Big Dehasrod. So they also constructed the Big Dehasrod to serve Bakoidish. And besides that, as Big Dehakoidish, they also had to make the holy garments. La'arin Hakoyin, for Arin the Koyin, as Big Devonov, and also the sun's garments the eight special garments, the four extra garments for Arnakoy, and then the four uh, for the uh, sons also, as, uh, that they all wore l'chahen, uh, so that they uh, will serve. So they to serve with the begotim, as we learned before, that they, whenever they serve, they needed the begotim. So after Moshe Vayakil, uh, then the Pasik says, Vayetsu koladas b'nei Yisrael milifnei Moshe. First it says, Vayakil koladas b'nei Yisrael. Now, the entire community of b'nei Yisrael, they went away from before Moshe.